This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update video and podcast. Today, we have our weekly look at the numbers, latest news, and trends about COVID-19 with AMA's Director of Science, Medicine, and Public Health, Andrea Garcia in Chicago. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer, also in Chicago. Andrea, thanks for uh, joining us again this week. Last week, we talked about just the surge in Omicron cases, just continuing to climb across the country. Uh, with some of the early hotspots showing signs that it may be peaking. Can you give us a picture of what it looks like this week? Well, thanks for having me, Todd. And yeah, the good news is that the progress that we talked about last week, mostly at that time in a handful of Eastern cities, has now spread to more, more of the country. So new COVID cases are finally starting to fall nationally. And we've seen more and more states sort of pass that peak in recent days. By the end of last week, the country was averaging around 720,000 new cases a day. That was down from 807,000 per the week prior. And then as we look at Monday, we're averaging about 690,000 daily cases. And that's lower than it has been. But of course, it's still far higher than any other point in the pandemic. Well, it it might be just too early to ask this question then because we're obviously not in the clear yet, but are we heading toward the clear at this point? I mean, it's definitely positive news and we're continuing to really identify more infections per day than any prior surge. And some states in the West, in the South, in the Great Plains are still seeing really sharp increases. And even though hospital admissions are leveling off, many, many hospitals are still full. If you look at Mississippi, for example, they're reporting nearly all of their state acute care hospitals are pushed to capacity. And then deaths are continuing to mount. We know that's a lagging indicator, so we, we could still see those go up. And right now we're seeing about 2,100 deaths per day. Still the overall decline in cases um, is bringing this sense of relief that we are finally heading in the right direction with the surge. Uh, we certainly hope so, and uh, you know our thoughts continue to be with all of those uh, folks on the front lines out there. Uh, as you point out, still uh, you know tremendous capacity issues at many hospitals, health systems across the country. Um, if you look at South Africa as an example of kind of a leading indicator uh, of what might happen here with Omicron, you know what can we learn from that situation uh, as far as where they are right now? Yeah, so states are seeing cases fall as quickly as they rose, and that is similar to what we saw in, in South Africa. New cases in South Africa have fallen 85% from their mid-December peak to about 3,500 cases per day. Um, that's down from a high of 2,400, but they do remain above levels seen in South Africa the weeks before Omicron, so haven't they haven't totally leveled off. So, you know, Again, putting, uh, looking at your crystal ball, uh, what do we think a post-Omicron future looks like for the US? So during an appearance uh, this, this week, Dr. Fauci said, what we would hope is that as we get into the next weeks or the months or so, that we'll see throughout the country, the level infections get below that area of control. And we talked about that last week. 
That doesn't mean that we're eradicating the virus, infections will continue, but the goal and the hope really is um, that they don't disrupt society, that our healthcare systems aren't overwhelmed. And while he confirmed that we're heading in the right direction, many states are still struggling, particularly those with large unvaccinated populations. And so I think while we're optimistic, the warning is not to get too overconfident. This virus has surprised us before and that could certainly happen again. When you're looking at that crystal ball, is there an answer to whether I'll ever be able to go back to the gym again or not? That's the answer I'm looking for right now. I'm sitting it out still. Um, interestingly, the World Health Organization also weighed in. I think people are starting to look at this kind of possibility of a post-Omicron future and what that looks like. What do the health officials there have to say? So WHO officials are saying that Omicron spread could help end the emergency phase of the pandemic and that the virus, the variant really offers hope for stabilization and normalization. I think others are taking a more cautious approach, including the head of the WHO. He said it's dangerous to assume that Omicron will be the last variant or that we are currently in the end game. Either way, I think most scientists agree that Omicron will leave behind much higher levels of immunity in the population. I think the issue is that protection offered by previous infection could wane over time, and it also might not apply to future variants. And those are really kind of two separate issues. One, of, you know, the emergence of another variant. I mean, this one kind of came out of uh, nowhere pretty fast globally. Um, but the issue about immunity, once you've had Omicron, particularly if you've been vaccinated and you have a breakthrough infection, you know, these are questions on everybody's minds. What, what do we know uh, for a fact about immunity uh, from an Omicron infection? So there's been, a, there's been a lot of talk about hybrid immunity and, and that's what results from a combination of pre-existing vaccine antibodies and then natural antibodies from a breakthrough infection. In other words, a fully vaccinated person who gets infected, they are left with this hybrid immunity. And as we talked about earlier, scientists generally agree that people have an elevated level of protection after a breakthrough infection. And some have compared this immunity boost of a natural infection to getting a fourth dose of vaccine. So I guess the question that goes along with that is, uh, you know, for people that have been vaccinated, they've had a breakthrough infection, uh, should I be envious of them because they can go back to a normal life now uh, where I, I'm still uh, taking precautions, uh, uh, you know, at least in the kind of months to come? Is that a possibility? Well, I think there's just still a lot we don't know in terms of the strength and durability of that hybrid immunity and the variability that we see between individuals. And, and so what we're hearing experts say is, you know, proceed with caution. Um, you know, there I think intentionally getting infected to gain hybrid immunity is, is not something that we would recommend because the virus is unpredictable. And we know that even young, healthy people can end up in the hospital. And then there's the possibility of long COVID, even if you have a very mild infection. So it's important for the public to be aware of this. And it's important for physicians to really stress this with their patients. So don't, don't let that guard down, I think is what I'm, I'm hearing for you, from you at this point. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, 
leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Um, you know, we continue to learn a lot about vaccine effectiveness and Omicron. Uh, new data was just published by the CDC on Friday. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so there were three separate studies released late last week on booster doses, and the findings really suggest that booster doses for Pfizer and Moderna are not just reducing the number of infections with Omicron, but they're also keeping infected people out of the hospital. The extra doses are 90% effective at preventing hospitalization with the variant, and they are also reducing the likelihood of visits to the emergency department or to urgent care clinics. The data showed that extra doses are beneficial against infection and death among those, uh, particularly among those age 50 and older. And we heard Dr. Walensky uh, say on Friday that these reports add even more evidence to the importance of being up to date with COVID vaccinations, which obviously includes booster doses for those who are eligible. But this, you know, this kind of uh, story, so to speak, about uh, the, the vaccines being so important to prevent infection and also just dramatically effective uh, against, you know, severe uh, uh, effects, hospitalizations, death. Is this new information that's coming up? So it, it is new information, but we did have previous information. I mean, FDA and CDC looked at data when they were authorizing and recommending booster doses. Uh, so a lot of that data at that time was from Israel. So this, this is some of the first data we're seeing come out of the U.S. and some of the first data that we're seeing around effectiveness against the Omicron variant. So these studies are by far the most comprehensive and reliable assessments of the booster shots and the role they're playing in the U.S. pandemic. Anything interesting about how these studies were uh, put together? What did they look at? So they really looked at millions of cases and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and deaths. Uh, like we said, two were from CDC, published in MMWR, the other published in JAMA. Uh, the first study looked at hospitalizations and emergency room and urgent care center visits in 10 states uh, over a few month period. The second focused on COVID-19 cases and death rates in 25 states, and that was from April to December. And then a third study looked at people who tested positive for COVID from December to January at more than 4,600 testing sites across the country. So really when you look at these studies together, it's a really powerful case that boosters are a valuable defense against Omicron. And yet we know there's 40% of fully vaccinated Americans who are eligible for boosters who have not yet received one. Well, those are the facts, and I'm uh, I'm curious: are they driving an increase in vaccinations, or do we continue to see uh, kind of a plateau there? So I think we're seeing the numbers slowly inch up. According to the CDC, this week a total of 251 million Americans have received one dose. That's 75.6 percent of the total population, and of those, 210.5 million are fully vaccinated. That's 63.4% of the population. And we are at about 84.3 million people who have received a booster dose. Now, uh, in other news, uh, 
Omicron has uh, caused the FDA to uh, look at the effective, uh, effectiveness uh, of some of the COVID treatments, specifically uh, monoclonal antibodies. What's the story there? Yeah, so recent data has shown that two of the monoclonal antibody treatments that we've been using are highly unlikely to be effective against the Omicron variant. And based on this uh, data, we are seeing the FDA revise its authorizations for these treatments. They're limiting their use to only when a patient is likely to have been infected with or exposed to a variant that is susceptible to these treatments. And because we know that Omicron is circulating at a very high frequency, about 99%, according to the CDC, these treatments are not authorized for use in the states, territories, or any U.S. jurisdictions at this time. Uh, this, the FDA did say that if in the future patients in geographic region, regions are likely to be infected or exposed to a variant that is susceptible to these treatments, then the use may again be authorized in those regions. Uh, AMA weighed in on that decision too, supportive uh, of that move? Yeah, so the AMA released a, a statement in support of that decision, and I'll just quote, uh, given the latest data showing the Omicron variant of SARS-CoV-2 is responsible for 99% of current COVID infections, we're pleased that the FDA is following the scientific evidence and limiting the use of monoclonal antibody treatments to those that are effective against the Omicron variant. Limiting the use of these treatments will help ensure patients receive the best available therapy. And of course, we recommend that physicians take a look at the NIH COVID treatment guidelines. Uh, they have the latest information about authorized therapies and recommendations for their use. And while treatment is great, prevention is better. So we strongly encourage everyone to make sure they're up to date on their COVID vaccines, including booster doses when eligible. Lots of new information, uh, things always changing. And for those who want to know more about therapeutics, the AMA is doing a webinar with experts from the FDA coming up on February the 1st. And you can find a link to register for that webinar in the description of this episode. So take a look there or check out the AMA site. Andrea, thanks again for joining us. That wraps up today's episode. We'll be back with more information uh, shortly. For additional resources on COVID-19, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.